This podcast brought to you by Gowan Canada, makers of Edge Microactive Pre-Emergent Herbicide. 620 CKRM is proud to be your voice for everything ag. Welcome to SaskAg Today with your host, Ryan Young. Good afternoon, everyone, and welcome to SaskAg Today. It's brought to you by Milligan Bio, the leading buyer of heated and damaged canola in Saskatchewan, wants to buy your seed. Visit MilliganBio.com. On today's show, the latest Farm Credit Canada report looked at the current productivity within agriculture and how to increase it over the long term. SaskAgToday.com's Kevin Hirsch gave his thoughts on a variety of ag issues during the latest SaskAg Today roundtable. And cattle prices in Saskatchewan were mostly down, according to the Canfax Cattle Market Update. The farm weather is in its usual spot at the bottom of the hour. You're listening to SaskAg Today on the voice of Saskatchewan, 620 CKRM. This is SaskAg Today with 620 CKRM Ag News Director, Ryan Young. SaskAg Today is brought to you by Johnston's Grain, your first and last stop for grain pricing and crop protection. And Farm Fresh Water, fix your water problems. Visit farmfreshwater.ca. How to make the agriculture industry more productive was the theme of a report released by Farm Credit Canada. FCC looked at agricultural productivity, which they defined as how much inputs are used compared to how much output is produced. Inputs include labor, capital, land and materials such as fertilizer and feed. Outputs include crops, livestock and other agricultural products produced. The productivity level increases when outputs are greater than the inputs used. Christian Regasami is the principal economist with Farm Credit Canada. He noted agricultural productivity has declined over the last decade plus. So productivity was around you know, 2% in uh, 90, from the 1990s to 2010, right? Around 2% productivity growth. And then we've seen a decline of productivity growth to around over the next decade, which is 2011 to 2020. And then the forecast for 2021 to 2030 is about 1%, right? Which is about half what it was at the peak, uh, you know, those two good decades that I mentioned earlier, right? So what what we did is that we looked at, uh, you know, the data. We said, okay, what would happen if Canadian productivity growth could go back to those levels that we saw in the 1990s? to 2010, which is 2%, right? So what would be the benefit to the agricultural sector? So, uh, and uh, we came up with an interesting, interesting answer. While it's already being done, he says precision agriculture and improved irrigation techniques are a few ways out of many that Canadian farmers can increase productivity. There are ways to boost productivity, right? So we're simply saying, you know, what would happen so if productivity doubles? And here it's it's clear that you know agricultural yield can can increase, and you have a variety of tools here, right? So you have precision agricultural machines controlled by GPS, for example, right? So this is already happening, by the way. Uh, on the crop side, you, you know, there are improved irrigation techniques, uh, technologies that can help uh, boost productivity. You know, improve fertilizer management practices, for example, planting disease-resistant varieties. Uh, For livestock, there's a potential to optimize animal nutrition and genetics and also herd management, right, to to increase productivity. So a lot of things that could be done. And, you know, I'm not even talking about mechanization here, automation using drones, harvesters, and so on, efficient tractors to reduce tillage. 
and therefore the cost of inputs, including diesel, right? So there's so many things that could be done to increase productivity. Now, I'm, I'm not saying that's going to, you know, uh, allow Canada to boost productivity growth to 2%, right? It's possible, right? But at least those are, you know, potential potential measures that could be uh, implemented to, to increase productivity growth in Canada. Christian says if Canada manages to increase its agricultural productivity to around 2%, it can add as much as $30 billion in net income over 10 years. You're listening to Sask Ag Today on 620 CKRM. Coming up next, we're going to have a little bit of a taste of what we discussed with the Sask Ag Today roundtable as Kevin Hirsch goes through a variety of topics from Bill C-234, among other things. Stay tuned. Keep it here to 620 CKRM. We're back with Saskag Today with Ryan Young on 620 CKRM. Welcome back to the program. A number of topics were covered once again by SaskagToday.com Chief Agricultural Editor Kevin Hirsch on Friday's SaskagToday.com Roundtable. He first talked about the amendment to Bill C-234 and the impact it will have on the future of the legislation that would have exempted natural gas and propane used for grain drying and heating and cooling barns and greenhouses from the carbon tax. There's lots of people worried that by the time it gets back up to be dealt with again by the House of Commons and then sent back to the Senate that time is going to run out on this and there's a lot of observers that know the political process now predicting that this is dead and uh, the whole bill won't come to pass but uh, you know it's it's not beyond the realm of possibility they could still return to the senate and go somewhere but he was happy to see that india has temporarily removed all of its import restrictions on field peas Surprisingly, just out of the blue, and I guess there's some people wondering about whether India would change some of its import restrictions on on all peas. Uh, but, you know, we used to send them a million, a million and a half tons per year to India, and they basically stymied that with uh, import quotas and uh, a number of other restrictions. But the weather hasn't been very good there. Food security is an issue, and they've announced that from now up until the end of March, all of those restrictions are lifted, and you saw pea prices just jump by 50 cents to a dollar a bushel at a lot of bids as a, a bunch of uh, pea exporters trying to get product together to meet that window. Uh, Greg Cherwick of Pulse Canada, who follows this issue very, very closely, and, and confirmed that all of the restrictions have indeed been lifted. It wasn't just the quota that was lifted. The other restrictions lifted as well. Uh, whether or not that will continue past the end of March is anyone's guess. It certainly could, but India has a history of not making these decisions until the last minute, so you never quite know what they're going to do. But it's a it's big, big news for the pea industry that this market is now open and some quantity at least is going to be shipped there before the end of March. Hirsch notes the announcement won't personally benefit him as a farmer. Sometimes uh, I'm more of a specialty pea grower, so typically when I grow, I grow maple peas, and they typically go to China, so a little bit different issue. And you should also point out these are primarily yellow pea exports that, that go into, as I understand it, into India, not green peas. But, you know, the, the jump in price was immediate when this uh, news was, was announced. He adds India is quite clearly short of peas for domestic use. Yeah, they've had some drought conditions. Their their rains have not been good. 
they India always balances it though. On one hand, it doesn't want food prices to get out of hand. On the other hand, it, it's got uh, millions of subsistence farmers that get upset if uh, suddenly you do things to drop the price of their commodities. So they're always in a balancing act. Uh, India is now the most populous country on earth. Hirsch says the news may be good for peas, but not so good for canola last week. The drops were just amazing the beginning of the week, and then it has recovered much of those losses. But when you start seeing canola cash bids in places that are $1450, a bushel, depending whether you're close to a crusher that might be paying more, but that's a, that's a big, big drop. That's a $3 a bushel drop since... Uh, and, you know, the prices that we saw coming out of harvest. So that's a tremendous loss in value to the, the ag community if uh, that price doesn't improve at some point. He also commented on the price of farm equipment heading into 2024. One of the big things is the huge increase we've seen in the cost of most pieces of equipment. And the farm management specialists with Manitoba Agriculture have done an analysis. Their new farm machinery guide is just out, so they've updated all their values of farm equipment for that guide and the last guide was two years ago in those two years the prices of many classes of equipment such as front wheel assist tractors uh, class 9 combines four wheel drive tractors are up by 25 30 35 percent in that two-year time span so we've seen a, a tremendous for a number of reasons a tremendous increase in farm machinery prices and i think that's also going to give people some pause as they look at at updating their equipment lines. Kevin Hirsch is the chief agricultural editor for saskagtoday.com. You can find the Sask Ag Today roundtable on the 620 CKRM YouTube channel, as well as on saskagtoday.com. New episode is released every Friday afternoon. Coming up next on the other side of the break is today's Ag Review. You're tuned in to Saskag Today on your voice of Saskatchewan, 620 CKRM. Today's Ag Review with Doug Falconer of GX94 is brought to you by Karst Holdings in Assiniboia and Schlamps Integra Tire in Grenfell, your locally owned Integra Tire dealers, and My Grain Exchange, ready to market your 2023 crop, head over to MyGrainExchange.com and try their low-risk grain auctions. After a month of covering short positions, fund traders were back adding to their bearish bets to start December, with the net short position in the oil seed growing by roughly 13,000 contracts. That's according to the latest Commitments of Traders report from the United States Commodity Futures Trading Commission. As of December 5th, the net managed money short position in canola futures came in at 94,912 which compares with 81,770 from the previous week. Open interest in the canola market came in at 271,839 contracts, which was up by 15,276 on the week. At the Chicago Board of Trade, a combination of long liquidation and new shorts going on the books saw the net long in soybeans fall to roughly 37,700, from 71,100 the previous week. 
Federal Agriculture Minister Lawrence McCauley and Saskatchewan Agriculture Minister David Merritt have announced $1 million in support for commercial beekeepers in the province who were impacted by abnormally high colony losses in 2022. The funding, provided through the Agri-Recovery Program, addresses losses exceeding 30% in honeybee colonies across Saskatchewan in 2022 due to widespread dry conditions, colder-than-normal overwinter temperatures, and higher incidences of varroa mite activity. Saskatchewan joins Alberta, Manitoba, and Ontario in providing assistance to beekeepers who lost stock and colonies. Merritt says this assistance covers up to 70% of the costs related to replacing lost stock in colonies and is the most efficient option for helping restore commercial production. On average, Saskatchewan is home to about 100,000 colonies, which produce almost 20 million pounds of honey each year. Environment and Climate Change Canada has published its draft protocol for reducing enteric methane emissions from beef cattle. This is the fourth draft protocol under Canada's greenhouse gas offset credit system, following those for refrigeration, landfill methane and forestry. The protocol is intended to incentivize farmers to implement changes that would reduce enteric methane emissions from their beef cattle operations with an opportunity to generate offset credits that they can sell. This latest protocol for a regulated carbon offset market is in draft form and open for input until February 6th. The Government of Canada is seeking input from stakeholders on the draft protocol. The final protocol is expected to be published in the summer of 2024 when farmers can begin registering their projects in Canada's greenhouse gas offset credit system. Australia's trade ministry says China has lifted restrictions on imports of meat from three Australian abattoirs in the latest sign of improving relations between the two countries. China blocked imports of Australian commodities including coal, timber and barley after Australia called for an inquiry into the origins of COVID-19 in 2020. Most of these restrictions have been removed since a change of government in Australia last year. The Trade Ministry said China's Customs Agency has announced the lifting of restrictions for three of Australia's largest meat exporters without naming them. Around seven other Australian abattoirs remain on the restricted list. The ministry says the three producers can ship goods to China pending final administrative processes required by each side. Experts say Canadian farmers facing stress from weather, crop disease or even distant wars often find themselves silenced by the stigma surrounding mental illness. Research by Andrea Jones, a professor at the University of Guelph's Veterinary College, shows one in four farmers surveyed reported their life was not worth living, wished they were dead, or had thought of taking their own life over the previous 12 months. Their research found that thoughts of suicide were twice as high among farmers than in the general population. Jones says three-quarters of farmers said they experienced moderate or high perceived stress, which has intensified because of climate change. But she notes it's in everyone's interest to ensure farmers get the help they need as a growing global population increases the need for food. And that's today's Ag Review. 
I'm Doug Falcon. It's your Saskag Today weather on your voice of Saskatchewan. 620 CKRM. The official 620 CKRM farm precision weather is brought to you by Shepherd Realty in Regina, specializing in farm and ranch real estate in Saskatchewan. Call Harry, Justin, or Devin at 352-1866. And Moose Jaw Truck Shop, the number one choice for any diesel engine repair. Drop in, no appointment necessary, or visit moosejawtruckshop.com. I'm here with Phil Spivak from Precision Weather. And Phil, looking at the forecast uh, for the rest of the day, it looks pretty good, doesn't it? Yeah, we're in great shape. Temperatures running mild. We could have uh, had this forecast put together a couple of months ago and been uh, not too far from today because it is well above normal for the uh, middle part of December. There are a few flurries around the region today. Looking off to our east, looking off to our south, uh, a couple of these are A, not heavy, and B, not likely to affect us. There will be some cloud cover that passes through, not really got the cloudiness, but uh, the day as a whole, partly to at times mostly sunny. Minus one this afternoon. Tonight, clear sky dropping off to around minus 10, but getting there early through the evening, we'll hit our low. Midnight, 1 a.m., we'll sort of turn around, and by tomorrow morning, we're likely pretty close to that freezing mark already. So we will beat today's high likely by the time we get moving in the morning, and we're up to around six degrees for the afternoon. The trade-off, though, is the wind. The wind turns around from the west-southwest this afternoon, averaging around 20, turns into the south, southwest again, and then increases. Gusts 50, 55 kilometers per hour tomorrow afternoon. Not too strong in the morning, but by afternoon, we'll see that wind uh, really getting going. But again, it's a mild day. Six degrees the high, holding at minus four for the low Wednesday night. The gusty wind will continue into the evening and then drop off and likely diminish quite a way uh, on Thursday. Very gentle breeze for uh, mostly sunny, still very mild today at three degrees. Staying above freezing each day, today being the exception, the, the cold day with uh, two degrees, our next coolest on Friday and right back up to around seven on Saturday. We don't stay there very long. We do get back down below freezing, but I don't see even normal in the forecast. Temperatures stay above normal into uh, much of next week. Thank you very much, Phil. Normal highs for the period are minus eight still. Normal lows down a bit to minus 20. The sun rose at 8.50 this morning, and the sun will set at around 4.54 late this afternoon. Taking a look around the province in Saskatoon and Weyburn, minus five. Swift Current is at minus one. Assiniboia, zero degrees. Yorkton, Melville, Mooseman, and Estevan are at minus 7. The warm spot in the province is in Cypress Hills at 1.9 degrees on the positive side. Could round that up to 2 pretty much. The cold spot, meantime, is in Stony Rapids at minus 29. In Regina, it's a mainly sunny sky. Southwest wind at 16 kilometers an hour. Humidity at 60%. Temperature minus 2 or 28 Fahrenheit. Barometric pressure at 102.4 and falling. It's also mainly sunny in Moose Jaw. Winds from the southwest at 35 to 44 kilometers an hour. Temperature is also at minus 2. Again in Regina, mainly sunny southwest wind at 16. Temperature minus 2 degrees. Back in a moment. Catch up with all your ag news anytime at saskagtoday.com. Now, back to Saskag Today with Ryan Young on 620 CKRM. This portion of Saskag Today is brought to you by McDougal Auctioneers, where you're guaranteed the best buying and selling experience. McDougalAuction.com. The latest cattle market update from Canfax shows the majority of feeder steer and heifer prices were down last week. 
Provincial cattle specialist Fonda Froat says all the steer weight categories were down, and most of the heifer weight categories also had a week-over-week decrease. Starting with steers, prices were down from the prior week amongst all the categories reported. Prices ranged from 468 per hundredweight for the three to four hundredweight steers down to 298.88 per hundredweight for the eight to nine hundred pound category. Prices fell the most in the lighter weight steers below 600 pounds, declining between $5 and $6 per hundredweight. Saskatchewan feeder heifers prices ranged from $374 per hundredweight for the 3 to 400 weight heifers down to $261.58 for the 800 plus pound category. Opposite of the steers, it was the heavier heifers above 700 pounds that had the largest average decline of $6 per hundredweight compared to the prior week, while the lighter heifers were on either side of unchanged compared to the previous week. The continued pullback of live cattle futures is driving the prices down. Although I don't think the prices fell as much as expected, buyers are working to fill year-end orders and we've seen a seasonal decline of feeder cattle supply. Uh, The good news is that we are trading above the U.S. and then still well above last year's prices. The number of cattle being sold at auction declined slightly in the province. Saskatchewan had 16,660 heads sold at auction over the week of December 8th, and this is just down from 17,316 the previous week. And Froats has the details on prices for market-ready cattle. The price of Alberta-fed steers averaged 224.96 on December 8th, and this is said to be steady to $4 lower compared to the last week, although we did not have a price established for that December 1st report. Cow prices were the good story in the December 8th report, with prices improving compared to December 1st. Alberta D2 cows improved 684 per hundredweight over the previous week to average 129.13 per hundredweight. And D3 cows increased 521 per hundredweight over the prior week, ending the week at an average price of 112 per hundredweight. That's Fonda Froats, Provincial Cattle Specialist with the Saskatchewan Ministry of Agriculture, going over the Canfax cattle market update for the week ending December 8th. You're listening to Sask Ag Today on the voice of Saskatchewan, 620 CKRM. The show will return right after this quick break. You're tuned in to Sask Ag Today on your voice of Saskatchewan, 620 CKRM. This segment of Sask Ag Today is brought to you by Degelman Industries. Look to Degelman for the most reliable, dependable, engineered tough equipment on the market. And Arcola Building Supplies, small town lumber yard, big on service. ArcolaBuildingSupplies.com Statistics Canada reports wheat exports were 2.1 million tons in October, well above the average export volume of 1.7 million tons. Michael Wilton is a market analyst with Mercantile Consulting Venture in Winnipeg. Japan and Indonesia were the top customers, both taking over 240,000 tons over the month. Exports to Indonesia from October to August are almost 250% of last year's volume, at 519,000 tons. Exports to the U.S. are also 77% more than last year. China remains the largest buyer of Canadian wheat, but at 539,000 tons, it is only 51% of last year's volume year-to-date. 
Canada is diversifying its wheat customer base, selling a larger percentage to countries outside of the top 10 compared to the 2022-23 crop year. Meantime, Canadian Durham exports in October improved to nearly 293,000 tonnes, but that remains well below the average pace. Over half of the exports in October went to Morocco and Algeria, while year-to-day exports to Morocco are down by 69,000 tonnes. Exports to Algeria are up by 60,000 tons. The main reason for the slow pace in exports to date is that Italy has only imported about 25% of last year's volume. Italy replaced a lot of its early demand for Canadian Durham with Turkish supplies this year. Statistics Canada says China purchased 99 million tons of Durham in October, its first purchase of Canadian Durham since December 2018. You're listening to Sask Ag Today. Staying on the topic of commodities, we'll have today's market update. Here's the market update with Ryan Young on 620 CKRM. Grain prices at Viterra were mostly up in early trading today. Canola is down $4.10 at 6.2712 a metric ton. Number one red spring wheat is up eight dollars and thirteen cents at three twenty eighty four. The rest were unchanged. Durham four fifty nine oh three. Feed barley two sixty two fifty eight. Chickpeas eleven sixty eight forty four. Flax six thirty one oh four. Lentils seven ninety seven fifty. Oats two ninety six thirty two. Yellow peas three ninety one oh five. And feed wheat two thirty five forty six. On the Minneapolis Grain Exchange, hard red spring wheat for March is up 16 cents at $7.27 and 3 quarters cents a bushel. Coming up next is today's Livestock Report. The Saskag Today Livestock Reports on your voice of Saskatchewan, 620 CKRM. The Livestock Quotes are brought to you by the Weyburn Livestock Exchange. Call Weyburn Livestock at 842-4574. Now, here are the latest Livestock Quotes. This is the market report for the Weyburn Livestock Exchange for the week of December 12th. Our last regular sale is on December 6th. D1 and D2 cows sold from $1.26 to $1.48. D3 cows sold from $1 to $1.20. Counter cows sold from $0.80 cents to $1. Hefferet sold from $1.75 to $2.15. And good butcher bulls sold from $1.45 to $1.65. We had our last pre-sorted calf sale of the fall on December 4th. 300 to 400 pound steers averaged for $4.36 and sold up to $4.74. 400 to 450 pound steers averaged $4.32 and sold up to $4.74. 450 to 500 pound steers averaged $4.17 and sold up to $4.74. 500 to 550 pound steers averaged $3.97 and sold up to $4.27. 550 to 600 pound steers averaged $3.65 and sold up to $3.94. 600 to 650 pound steers averaged $3.54 and sold up to $3.90. 650 to 700 pound steers averaged three dollars and twenty six cents and sold up to three dollars and sixty five cents and seven hundred to eight hundred pound steers averaged three dollars and three cents and sold up to three dollars and thirty six cents heifers were about sixty five to eighty cents back from the steers this has been stephanie digg reporting from the weyburn livestock exchange the market that gets cattle and the prices too the latest pork prices are down once again by a few dollars 
Currently, they're at $170.63 per CKG. Coming up next is the Resource Report. You're listening to SaskAg Today on 620 CKRM. It's the SaskAg Today Resource Reports on 620 CKRM. Here's Ryan Young. The Saskatchewan government is calling a trip to the United Nations Climate Change Conference in Dubai a major success for Saskatchewan, despite the estimated cost of $765,000. That price tag went up even further with the announcement that the government had spent $238,000 to advertise its pavilion at metros and airports around the United Arab Emirates city. Premier Scott Moe, who is back in the province after the conference, is proud that industries like energy, mining and agriculture had a voice at the climate change event. NDP jobs critic Elena Young says the advertising price tag alone was comparable to the cost of an average home here in Regina. Equifax Canada is reporting potential challenges in debt repayment for Canadians. Its latest data shows an increase in overall delinquencies of 3.4% in the third quarter from the previous one. The new report also says credit demand among businesses showed a seasonal drop of 1.9% from last quarter, but that was up more than 13% year over year. The agency says the data show that businesses are seeking credit as the end of the year approaches, which could be a sign of early financial stress. Turning over to the markets now, the TSX is down 133 points at 20,184. The Dow is up 150 points to 36,555. Oil is down $2.77 at $68.55 per barrel, and the Canadian dollar is trading at 73.50 cents U.S. And that's the Resource Report. If you missed any segment of the show, you can tune in to the on-demand Sask Ag Today podcast, brought to you by Gowan Canada. Gowan Canada understands the challenges growers face and takes pride in finding effective crop protection solutions. Visit GowanCanada.com to learn more. And that's going to do it for Tuesday's edition of Sask Ag Today. The 1 o'clock news with the wonderful Andrew Dawson is coming up next. I'm Ryan Young. Have a nice day. This podcast brought to you by Gowan Canada, makers of Edge Microactive Pre-Emergent Herbicide.